For future historians, today's date is November 13th, 2018. I'm Jerry Ferrara. I'm Janie. And I'm Jonah. And, and this, this is Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. That's where this I should have came in right there. Don't you touch a frame of this, though. You leave this as it is. It stays as is. It stays as is. Welcome, everyone. Um, we're here in the backyard. Uh, today, we're going to take a trip back into the past. <laughs> you know, in the early 2000s, Jonah and I were going through puberty, singing our hearts out to NSYNC, doing choreographed dances with our bandana-wearing friends, and... We were, they were simple times of first crushes, braces, getting bullied, prank calling people on those clear plastic swatch phones. You could secretly have two people listening in on a call. Do you remember those? Um, Is it, yeah? Jerry, do you remember those? I actually do, yeah. I was doing the same thing, but I was like 35 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I guess Jonah and I are just curious. You were living in LA in the early 2000s. Well, hold hold on. We got to tell them who we're with right now. Oh, wow. Jump the gun on <laughs> Janie jumped the gun. Janie jumped the gun. All good. All Janie good jumped the gun. Janie's uh, a little high on green tea right now. Woo! Uh, just to set the stage, everyone, we are with our brother from another mother, our oldest brother in our family, our dear friend, creative collaborator, the wickedly talented, wickedly awesome, Trey Ferrara. No, uh, yeah, I feel like that was like an introduction I can't live up to, but I will <laughs> accept that, and uh, it's good to be here. I'm a big fan of you two doing a podcast. I think it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. We're fans of yours. I mean, you're 200 episode plus podcast. You're a pro. I you're mean, my, pro. my brother and I could not talk for 30 seconds without trying to rip each other's heads off. So <laughs> this is an inspiration to families everywhere. Thank you. Thank you for coming to Los Angeles. Ships. Uh, this is a podcast. You know, we've we've been friends for a while now. And this, yes. is, uh, this is sort of one of the things I think we really enjoy talking about a lot, which is relationship stuff. Yeah, I really enjoy talking about it. Um, Also, being that I am now not in the dating scene nor have been for a really long time, so I like hit pause for me. It's like something in your life that just stops, but it goes on without you. And now I look at you, young man, single, dating, and like I now hear stories and stuff like that, and it kind of, I've now become the old man who's like, wait, wait, what happened? You should do this. <laughs> so uh, I, I live a little through you, and also I have loads of bad advice to give. That's what we're here for. <laughs> that's what we're, that's what we're all showing up for. We love bad advice. Yeah. Um, I think, by the way, one of the things we pitch is like, we don't necessarily, we are not experts. No, yeah. <laughs> no one here is, I mean, you know. Jonah and I are out there floundering and learning from our mistakes, and we just want to share our honest stories so that other people can learn from them, too. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the best thing you could ever give anybody. Uh, the, the first, like, kind of adult male figure in my life, because I grew up without a father who, like, really taught me a lot was an uncle of mine who really just told me his mistakes more than anything shared them with me said this was a big mistake and so (laughs) even when you're young and stupid and nothing sinks in years later you realize oh wow that did sink in so uh that is a good thing that you guys are doing you are not experts but you're sharing your mistakes which is probably a really solid thing you could do for people listening at home are you someone who believes in the best way to learn is to learn from your mistakes I think so. Uh, And not to get too, like, catchphrasy, but I really don't think it's, like, a mistake if you learn from it. It's only, like, a mistake if you do it again. Then you're, you're like, an idiot. Like, you did it again, and it's a mistake. But if you learn from it, it's a a, a, a lesson. That's so good. I will say, like, I think that people in our 
in our friend groups, like I hear my friends being so hard on themselves and they just like really can't let down something bad that happened. Like I've made a lot of mistakes. I've done things that I regretted later. And if you get that feeling in your stomach, like, oh, I know that was wrong. I'm never going to do that again. I think it's totally fine. Like you have, we're only human beings and we have to learn from our experiences and you can't be too hard on yourself. If you're walking away with a lesson, then it was all okay. Can you cite a specific example of something that in maybe in relationships, not to just jump way into it, but I feel like it's relevant that. Yeah. Um, you know, off the top of my head, I mean, it's not even a mistake. Yeah. It's a mistake. Like just even like staying in a relationship sometimes maybe longer than you should have, which I think I've done. I think we could all say maybe at some point we've done where it's like, Hey, maybe this isn't something I should be in. Either you feel bad or you don't want to be alone. You stay in it for whatever reasons. I've learned over time not to do that. Like, it's not a mean thing to break up with somebody if it's not working out for you. Um, you're not doing anyone any favors by staying. So uh, that was kind of a hard lesson that I, I made that mistake. I stayed in something that was like maybe a little too long. And now sometimes I would look at it and be like, ah, oh, so much time went by. I'll never get that time back. So yeah, maybe it was a mistake and I regretted it, but no, it really actually brought me to this point, which for you listening at home, I am a happily married man. And I literally, the minute I met my wife, it was like dating is now over. I'm only going to focus on not screwing this up and courting her. And um, so yeah, that's where I am in the the, the circle of dating. But uh, I love is that, that what it's called? I, I don't even know. Is, is, it, it, a, is it a circle? I wonder if it's like a triangle. Circle? It's, like, yeah, it's like a cyclone of dating. It, <laughs> but I, it's I, rough yeah. out there. Listen, I am part fascinated and also part terrified for <laughs> the life that you two are navigating because everything is obviously so public and it's now like a different level of mental warfare. Wow. Meaning like you know, whatever terms you guys use, ghosting, icing, whatever it is, like yeah. you got to do it on such an educated, deep cover <laughs> level. Whereas like I used to be able to just disappear if I wanted to, if I wanted to not be found, yeah. I could not be found. And no one would be like, Oh my God, I haven't heard from Jerry in like two days. We got to find out what's up. We'll just be like, Oh, he'll call. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, this, this um, yeah. yeah. We're, Sorry, we're, I know I'm jumping ahead. No, we're so excited because we do. We have nine so cups many, of coffee today. <laughs> we have so many questions that you've just skimmed the surface of that we've already like written down that we want to talk to Great. you about. I won't jump ahead any longer. Um, uh, first of all, just I want to like really set the scene here. So, can you just tell us like what period of time were you single in LA? And like, where were you living? What was the neighborhood that your stories might be referencing? Let's just like really get a visual on this. Uh, so it's kind of in two parts. I guess the the first chapter is sort of, I guess I was like 23 to 28. That's roughly like 2003 to maybe like 2009, 10. Um, I was living in the valley which is difficult for for dating in general, at least in that back, time back period. Waters. This is pre-Uber, pre-Lyft. Um, so you're very much like if you're going out and meeting for drinks, you're relying on like the L.A. cab system, which is if, you, if you've had to rely on that. It's, Can you describe that? What is the L.A. cab well, system? Well, first of all, back then, it's like there's green ones, there's yellow ones, there's blue ones. The the color system is all messed up. Like in New York, <laughs> you see a yellow cab, like, oh, that's a cab. Sometimes you go up to these green things, it's like sort of a cab, but also could sort of take you to an undisclosed location and kill you. So um, that was certainly part of it because I've never been one for drinking and driving, nor should anyone be. But in 2004, relying on the L.A. cab system was very, very tough. 
How did you call? Did you ha did you hail the cab or was yeah, it? Yeah, I think there was like a well, no, you called. You there was it. no real hail. Every now and then, if you went to a very very popular place in LA, sure. there would be a cab line. But if you were kind of not at the cool kid place, uh, you'd call. And I think there was like Bell Cab, which was like one eight 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 five 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 one two seven seven. I want to say was like Someone the number. Someone call that number, please. You would Fact keep it in this. like your phone, <laughs> and then you would order a cab. But then you, what happened is you go outside, and then there'd be like six or seven cabs, but like thirty people. People steal your cab. No mm. one knows what the hell's going on. That was chapter one. Uh huh. In the valley. In the valley. Okay. And where were you going out to meet people? Oh, God. Okay, well, I was full disclosure. So I have a tiny bit of social anxiety now. Uh -huh. Back then, it was a major bit of social anxiety. So I was never a club club guy. Also, I feel like a lot of my dating, like if I'm going to talk to a woman, uh, a lot of it is like self-deprecating humor, which does not play well in loud clubs. You know, they just they just don't it doesn't play. So, were so. you doing stand up? Is that what you're telling <laughs> Essentially. us? Well, that's Essentially, well, it's an interesting point. It, it was the way to meet people. You know, obviously it's different for everyone, but was the was what were the uh, you didn't have the apps? You had to go out. So you had to, to meet go someone. Out. It was not. Um, it was not done through social media or through or through apps. You had to physically go out to the places where there were groups of men and women alike mm -hmm. to to meet someone or else you know how many times my social anxiety got the best of me? I stayed home and played Call of Duty. <laughs> and then I would wake up on Saturday morning being like, You piece of shit. Like you didn't even go out last you did you played seven hours of video games. How are you gonna meet somebody like this? And then you couldn't even talk to other people on video games. Barely. That technology was like happening. Barely, like it was just starting. Are you on television at this time? What's that? Were you on TV at this time period where you uh, were codding? It was starting to happen, yeah. Like so Entourage came around two thousand four. Um, so it was all kind of coinciding. And then uh, I, full disclosure, like then your access to these cool places do heighten. Mm -hmm. sure. But still, I never, it just was never, um, never my thing. Uh, but I, I would force myself to go because this is where, this is where the people were. Yeah. So Joan and I talk a lot about if you should be dating people in your work environment. Hmm. And sometimes we talk about like, you know, in production, you're on a crazy schedule. It's maybe the only way a relationship could survive if they're on your same schedule. But did you ever try and fail or did you ever successfully try to like date someone who was like maybe working around the show or in the industry? Uh, was that easier for you? So look, I, dating people in the, in your workplace, whatever your workplace may be, has been going on since the beginning of time. I don't think it's ever easy anywhere, whether it's a film set, production, an office, whatever. Um, I never particularly tried, number one, because I just didn't think that, I mean, practically speaking, the odds of you breaking up or it not going particularly well are pretty high in anyone's life, you know? The odds are always kind of not in your favor of finding true love <laughs> yeah. at work or anywhere in general. Love so, yeah. yeah, so like, I just always what looked at it love? like, if if I did that and then if we broke up or if it didn't work out, that would make for a pretty uncomfortable work environment. I had, did have a unique situation where I sort of started dating someone and then we ended up working together just as happenstance. And mm -hmm. I gotta say, it was a really great experience. Like, it, and, and it didn't obviously work out. It was not my wife, so it did not, it was not the one for me, but. And that's not how I met your mother. Right, right, right. But it, it some people it, it goes bad for, like it really was a great experience. It was really cool to have a person like your significant other, like right there. Um, 
the lines never really got blurred in a bad way. So I had a positive experience. I obviously have heard some pretty terrible stories of it not being so happy. So uh, I, but I never really did it. Uh, it was like the one time yeah. kind of situation. So one more question. Other than the club, the club, so <laughs> I to hated speak. the club. Yeah, the club. Awful. What about like classifieds in the newspaper or like relatives setting you up with someone or someone being like, yo, you got to meet this person. So here's where I, and again, maybe this wasn't like this for everyone. I'm assuming your listeners are majority going to be younger than me, but for the people who are of my age, I'm 38. So if you're between like 34 to 38, back then it, there was a stigma about that. Like if you like went on like classifieds or blind dates, it was almost like, Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that's how you were looked at back then. Or if you met someone like in the beginnings of online dating, the very infant early stages, it was like, oh God, that motherfucker's desperate. <laughs> or like, you're going to meet someone crazy and they're going to kill you. That was, it that like, was okay the thought. Cupid or what was the OG? Match. Like MySpace yeah. match? Honestly, I don't even really know because I was so turned off by the stigma about it. I never did it. I never went on an online date or had a blind date really, it was usually someone I knew. And also back then, blind dates were blind dates. You have no information about these people other than what your friends said, like, yo, she's super hot, or she's super <laughs> cool, she's smart. That's what you, you had to go on. Instagram. You couldn't stalk the Instagram, you couldn't stalk the gram. You could stalk nothing. You were literally trying to talk. If you met someone who knew that person, like, oh my God, stay, stay back for a minute, I gotta talk to you. <laughs> and then you would interrogate oh, I, them. I you would interrogate them. What's she, them. Like? Yeah, what's what's she, she like? like? What's her family like? Give me what you got. Yeah. yeah. So um, what's her Zodiac sign? Right. I never was. A, it, it was. That's why you had to go out and physically see and meet the person or else you really were like looked at as like an outcast. So we're in L.A. Uh, you're going you're you're playing COD. You're you know, your early seasons entourage. Um, you're meeting people the, in the real world, so to speak. What are the tools? What cell phone? We, you know, because now we live on the iPhones. Right? This is all you have a sidekick. I had a sidekick in 2000. Something. So I first of all, shout outs to the Nextel days, because I know you guys are way too young for that. But that chirp chirp beep, beep. Yeah. was like the greatest sound in the world. Um, I think in this era, it was like transitioning from Nextel, StarTac, and the sidekick became a thing for a hot minute for sure. That was like the two way pager was like a real thing. But the game changer of all. The thing that turned it all around and started to make my generation see, oh, maybe this, there's more to it than just having to go meet these people is the Blackberry. Wow. Oh boy, did that change. BBM, BBM. changed the game. How did, it, how did that change the game? Well, first off, uh, I think it was the first, maybe there was another platform, but it was the first relevant thing where you could sort of see if people read what you sent them. Wow. Which side, <laughs> side note, we could like write a book on technology and love through history, the correlation between advances in technology and how it's affected people's love and relationships. Just throwing that out there. I believe Aziz Ansari wrote a book that kind of really? explores that. The yeah, modern the modern life. It has a, but no, you're right. We could do our version. You like, should do your, honestly, you really should. I would read the, the hell out of that. Um, I might quote you with this BBM. Because it really like, what you, you know what started to happen? <laughs> Here's what would happen, right? So if you went out and you, and also too, like this is like Facebook is now becoming a thing-ish. Uh, it's starting now. I, I, I was never really into Facebook and all that, but it sort of became a thing where you would go out and if you met a girl or whatever, it wouldn't even be like, hey, let me get your number. You would do like the scan BBM thing. 
Whoa. Like that was the chosen form of communication. And also what started happening again, timed out with Facebook was obviously Facebook statuses were mm. the thing. It's complicated. Right. So what happened with BBM, what you would start doing is, you know, you could like kind of change your name almost on your friends list or whatever. So you, I would change be like, Jerry, like really pissed at this bad weather or some shit. So you kind of let people know where you're at mentally, but you're really also sending out smoke signals to people who are your friends on BBM who you maybe want to talk to. Similarly, that way, like you'd like maybe post a picture that's really meant for someone else. Like you're speaking to someone specifically, but you're making it like a general. Wow. You so would do that with like your BBM status. That was like the first Instagram story in DM response. Pretty much. These are the prehistoric days wow. of that. And it, it, it became a battlefield. That's an, I wonder if we, that's a good segue to not to jump too far ahead, but we do. <laughs> one of the questions we are super curious about. I'm getting about. chills, right? I'm getting butterflies right now. <laughs> this is so good nostalgia. <laughs> well, oh. One of the things that we're super curious about is you go on a date with a girl. Mm -hmm. It goes great. You take her to, at the time, your favorite, what your favorite restaurant back in the day? What's your go-to <sighs> date spot? I got to think. I got to think. <sighs> I, I honestly I really need a minute. This is just like 10 years ago, bro. <laughs> Sure. There's been, I, I, I come back to it. I'll well, spit it out. You take, you okay, take, so you go on the date. You go on the date, and then, and then it goes was, well. What was the follow up like? Did you call her? Did you BBM her? Like, how long did you wait? Right. I what mean, was the game of the fo the follow up? Post -game? Had you driven her home afterwards, and or did you pay for her cab? Like, what what was happening? Did what you share if, the cab? Did you share the cab? So there, it really was like a. And again, I don't know what goes on now, but like, obviously who, like I'm paying for the dinner. This is something that's been drilled into my mind since I'm a kid. And I still believe to this day, it's like the gentlemanly thing to do, but. It's a very lost hand. By the way, we all are in agreement on the, Janie is an advocate of guys paying on the first date, aren't you? But I offer every time. But I always thing, But offer. is it still like, I, I, I want to imagine, and maybe I'm being presumptuous, but like that's no longer the, the thing, really. Not, not always. I mean, another thing is like, a lot of people don't really have money yet. And I think men will, or guys will, I mean, guys, men, like ages are different, but I think that they will not always be able to afford to take you out to like lots of dates. And then it's like, maybe they're gonna pay for the first time and then I'm gonna pay for the second. Which by the or, way is like the most practical, intelligent, yeah. <laughs> like makes perfect sense. Like, hey, we're both young and we're like making our way in the world. So like, let's let's, let's make it easy on each it. other. That yeah. makes total sense. But at the same time, like I love the gesture of it and I would so much rather say like, I wanna pay for one and you pay for one. So I still get to feel like someone's paying for me. And I don't, I'm super feminist, like I don't know why but it just feels nice to have someone be like, oh, I'm treating you like I'm taking you out. Yeah, well, especially if like in my eyes, it was always like if I said, hey, do you want to get dinner? That's an invitation. And if you say, yeah, I could do Wednesday night. Great. Meet me at blah, blah, blah. Like to me, I'm inviting you to dinner. So yeah. like that's how I always looked at it. Like, but um, dating is expensive. Well, not to, I, I forget. I'm trying to remember the movie. It might have been half baked, I think. Uh where like Dave, or maybe it's a different movie. So whoever's listening, please don't like call me out on Twitter or Instagram. But it's gonna happen. I think it was Dave Chappelle on, on in Half Baked, or maybe it's a different movie where he's like taking a girl out and they're dating. Literally, there's like a running 
cash cab. register of like what he has to go on the date. Oh. And it's like, let's take a cab. No, 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 let's walk. <laughs> it's like, no, no, my feet hurt. Let's take a cab. And it's like, it's like shit. Well, there's that Atlanta episode where uh, that's a recent one where he takes as like, I guess his wife or do you watch Atlanta? I do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. First. I, I want to make a PSA to our listeners though, because I've dated people who don't have money and I, you know, I think there are ways to treat someone and make them feel special without having to spend. It doesn't money. have to be monetary. It, yeah, at all. it doesn't have to be monetary. Agreed. Like even if you are, um, I mean, you could say there's so many activities in LA. We're so lucky to have a place where there are things you don't need to spend money on. Like you could take someone to the Melrose Flea Market. That is an awesome date to go on. That costs, costs money. It costs five dollars. Yeah, like, but then you're going there. So hold on, I think this is interesting. Activities that don't make you spend money. Melrose, the whole purpose is that's a commerce event. That's no, like a. But you don't have you to could buy look around anything. It's fun to walk around, shop. and you could you could afford to buy them a coffee. Like that's not spending hundreds of dollars on dinners. That you know, it's about quality time. Like you could even go to a park. You could buy a bottle of six dollar wine at Trader Joe's. You probably Joe's. have a better time than being in some like stuffy ass expensive restaurant where you really don't probably maybe like don't even care for the food too much for but sure. it's like oh it's like a popular cool scene yeah. space you can rent a movie and watch it at home like there's so many things that you can do where for the record the things you're saying all cost money but they cost less money they cost i can give you 20 dates for under 20 dollars. oh you guys gotta do that episode yeah, do that let's, you let's guys gotta do that, that episode okay, or at least write that it's called yeah. move to new york like, walk around the streets have a magical night in the <laughs> rain at Friday central park um, you know what I'm talking about, Jerry. You moved to New York. Yeah, I get it. Back to the question. So you're going on a date, and then there's a cab involved. There's a follow-up. Well, that's the thing. It's usually like, um, yeah, it was always very unclear at the end, like, how, to, like, actually, I mean, in L.A., it really was a lot of driving. So, like, you still could meet at a place, like, obviously, again, the drinking and driving thing was never my thing, so I would rely on a cab or whatever. But sometimes, like, I've, I've been on dates where, the girl's not drinking, so she drove herself mm -hmm. and was very much like walk her to a car and like I'll see you later. But I also like I I was never much of like the, I'm gonna wait two days to call. Like call me when you get home or like text me when you get home or BBM, BBM me <laughs> when you get home. Or just change your BBM status then, to like, I am home. But then like when sometimes in some cases, I got no no BBM of hey, I made it home. Thanks for a great night. Just nothing. Go, like, and did you think she got into a car crash and died? No, my mind would always go to like a like she just went on another date with someone else right after me. That's where my mind. <laughs> dude, would go same. To. I know that's our thing. Like, she's probably she's, with another she's dude. getting drinks with okay. somebody. She's else. like, yeah. So another question we we had some friends who asked this for us to ask like. Right now in our culture, mm -hmm. there's a thing where like, oh my God, he hasn't texted me, but he looked at my Instagram story. <sighs> or Joan and I are big advocates of like, you know, it's nice to keep in touch in between dates, in between calls, in between texts, but maybe you're just like sending a meme or you're just like sending like a Instagram post that you saw and you're just sharing it with someone as a way to like, hi, but not really talking. So what was the equivalent of like sharing a meme or dropping a hint that like, I'm thinking of you, but we're not actually formally having a conversation right now? Honestly, there really wasn't an equivalent. I mean, obviously there was always like that secret language of how to make a heart or like a smiley face or stuff like that. But like there really was no equivalent. You almost had to verbally write a joke 
of the the meme like you would or like if you wanted <laughs> to on. use a movie Explain example that. i'm just saying like you could not rely on like just sending a quick image of something that's witty and funny just to kind of leave the lines of communication open like hey thinking of you here's this awesome meme of bradley cooper doing something awesome that will make you laugh today you had to like think of a line that would encompass that wow. same exact thing you had to be you had to be a writer essentially right. do, do, well, do, were there other things that maybe were off the phone screen like maybe you dropped flowers off at their apartment Ooh, or that's kind of a good idea. You know what? I, I did that for, and by the way, it's very old school. Like, I really feel like maybe some women would be creeped out by that if that happened right <laughs> Wait, away. Someone it's once, like, how'd you get my address? Someone right. once gave me a cactus, hmm. but we never went out again, which was really funny because cactuses basically live forever. So it's like, I didn't need this reminder of someone. But I will say that what you're saying makes me think that, like, you you probably didn't waste time on the wrong people as much because you really had to make an effort. And this effort, did you feel like you you were more selective? Because if you had to make such an effort, you couldn't just give it to anyone? It's kind of a catch-22 because what you're saying is absolutely correct, right? Like, I'm making all this effort because it's not as simple as sending a meme, and if I'm not getting it back, I'm out. But in the same breath, it was a lot easier to string someone along back oh. then because their life was not so public. You could like you could just literally go silent and mm. ha and literally give a reason for a week and be like, oh my god, I was so swamped at work. I'm so sorry. Like if you wanted to see that person again in a week and it's just like, oh, I'd really like to see you tonight. You could literally say, I was so busy and did all like oh, I'm just so sorry I didn't call you back or text you back. Can you hang out? Whereas today, if you say that, you have to fucking hide in your house and turn off your internet. Right. Because yeah. if, the the, if you post off. a story, they know you saw that they know you saw it. If yeah. you, you have to turn the Wi-Fi off. Yeah. Like, oh, you really didn't have the time to, to call me when you were getting ice cream, mm -hmm. walking and posting that picture of you and when you dropped the cone and the puppy licked it up. Uh -huh. You didn't have two <laughs> seconds to text me in between that. You could really string someone along. So on one level, the mental warfare that goes on right now, it, it's, it's almost like how like World War II is fought versus how you would fight a war now. <laughs> this shit was like World War II. You're, like, you're standing in the front lines and you're shooting, whereas uh -huh. now like you press a button and you could like drone someone. It's tactical. Yeah. Yeah. It's, tactical. it's more dangerous. It's uh -huh. more sophisticated. Whereas... And we spent three hours yesterday at... Goal. Crafting, crafting a text. A we text. Spent, we are we allowed to talk about we that. Were, yeah, we're, we're of crafting a text. We read for our text messages. Hours. Could you actually? Could you read it or is that too much? <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> you just gave me so much anxiety. I'll give you some context real quick. Jerry and I were watching the football games, uh, which running joke. I don't know sports. I don't know why they keep coming up on this thing. But we're watching the games at Goal, which is a really cool bar. In LA. Great spot. Goal 2.0. Yes, we um, love it co-owned by one of your good buddies just just a great place to go watch a game it's a good spot um one of our sponsors this week one of our sponsors and uh do you think it's a good place to go to meet people i think so yeah i actually do yeah for our irl Be challenge well i just think because it's somewhere that um you can go have a drink have a conversation not be self-deprecating humor. It's it's there's enough action to yeah. feel like you're not in some private secluded place, but it's like you could actually. It's nice kind of East Coast somebody. vibe bar, honestly. Yeah, it's good. It's a good place to. Yes, it's, it's me. It's you. It's Mike. Mike Young. I believe. Shout out He's to Mike. So there's funny. definitely gonna be listeners who know Mike Young. He's so funny. He's the best. And I was going through some texting trouble as I do on a daily basis, yeah. and Jerry um, kind of coached me and mentored me through this experience. Now, I want some feedback. I don't know really, I know some of the end results, but are you happy with what's happened since or no? Like, meaning, am I 
out so out of the game should i just shut my mouth and leave everyone younger than me alone to their own devices you got me to the best position i could possibly be in oh. and it, now it's kind of it's kind of just more a circumstantial hold based upon other external but you like factors. where you're at i like where i'm at i wish it was different you know i wish it was like easier but it's it's not i wish i could say specifically you were saying some outlandish stuff i'm not gonna <laughs> lie what was i saying can we? Yeah, can we? Go, yeah, I don't want to like blow your spot let's up. Let's do it. You, you, She's not listening. She's not. You sure? Yeah. He was just like, I'm just gonna break it off. <laughs> he got so. He got so. I'm like, yo, that is one of the most unreasonable things I've ever heard anyone say. You're telling me you like this girl. You're telling me like that maybe we'd be really interested in like dating, dating for real. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, I'm just going to break it off. And was it because it was hard? Is that why Jonah didn't want to? I think it was a chess. I think he thought big shot over here. He was making a chess move. <laughs> and then he found out he was playing checkers, actually. Yeah. That shit is checkers. You want to play chess. <laughs> you don't do that. She would have, first of all, she's probably smarter than you. And you're a very intelligent sure. guy. But women are smarter than men, in my opinion. They are. So she would have saw right through that bullshit. <laughs> I think she would have saw right through that move of like, you know, I just don't think it's a good time. I think she would have saw right through it. I'm calling it. But it's the opposite of how I felt. It, it, I know. It, that's a great. <laughs> and like, so you want to start a potential relationship with the duality of like, I I got you to this point by being totally dishonest and telling you the exact opposite way of how I really felt. It's a great story no. for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, one of the reasons I, I really enjoyed getting advice from you and one of the reasons I, I love just kind of talking with you is that you have, and this is sort of the second half of this conversation. Uh, I'll, I'll back it up just a bit. You played a character on a television show called Entourage mm -hmm. named Turtle. Turtle is a character who's the comedic relief. Would you you know, how would you describe that character? I would describe him as loyal sidekick, um fully fully looked at this as like his lottery ticket to a crazy life that he like saw on mtv when he was a kid and wanted to live out um <laughs> you know i always focused on the loyalty portion like I, trying to make sense of some of the things he would even say to women like to to him it didn't matter which one of them made it whichever one of them made it they were all going that's mm -hmm. how he looked at it and um he had no shame in using his best friend star power to his own advantage. Now, some of those lines over the years, and I'm super proud of that show, but like, it was really hard to like, how do you make sense of a line where you're like, make out with me and I'll show you where Vince eats his breakfast. <laughs> how do you sell that? Now again, this is 2003, four, but still like for me, that's like, every, I, I would never in a million years say that, but it's not me, it's a character. So, but in a weird way, like I lived through him, like, cause he would just no filter, whatever he would say, especially when it came to relationships. But he also like, we always had a running joke, like is turtle a virgin? <laughs> cause he really has no game at right. all. So maybe like, he's really never, he's never had a girl like him. Then it made sense to me. Then it's like, oh, okay. I could, I could do this. Cause he's clueless. He does not know how to talk to a girl at all. And I, I, you know, what's interesting is that I see your life because I know, you know, I know how you met your now wife and uh, we've we've talked about that story at length and we should probably tease the audience a little bit. But I see your life very much as a romantic comedy in of, of itself in that perhaps at one point, maybe you related more to the turtle character, but you've almost had you had your inciting incident, which was meeting Brie, your meet cute. And now you guys had your happy ending, which was this engagement. And I know a lot of that 
um, had to, you know, you learned a lot through that experience. And so I, whenever I come, you know, the reason I think I can sit there for three and a half hours at goal and I, whatever you say will go is because you, you did it. Like you found happiness and, um, <laughs> Look, Jonah and I have divorced parents. Yeah. We tend to cling on to other people's love stories and happy endings. Yeah. It's Look, a, yeah. I pray and I pray that, you know, nothing ever happens between us and I don't ever see it happening. But of course, like my, I'm, I'm a little paranoid. So like when things are usually too good, that's where I start to go like, what's going to happen. That's my <laughs> own, like my father died out of nowhere when I was five years old. So that's yeah. my, like, what's going to happen. That's going to rip this away. But honestly, I, I'm not going to tell you, I figure it out because we fight like any couple and we have our moments where it's hard, but you really have to know that like a good relationship is work and maintenance and a commitment. It's not just as simple like we're in love and you walk around. It's not 500 days of summer or some of these rom-com stuff that Damn. we talk about. <laughs> no, but it is at times. Yeah. But like, I always look at it and this is advice for some men out there or whatever. This is how I look at it. I'm not saying this is the way everyone should do it. This is what has worked for me. I met my wife at a point in time where I also like, most of or if all of my selfishness was pretty much completely gone at this point. You know, I had fulfilled some career goals. I had fulfilled a lot of personal goals. So like I was ready to fully make my life about someone else. And she was too in her own way. So when you have two people kind of doing that, putting each other first, I'm not saying you got to ignore yourself, but it really is a, a great place to start. And um, the other thing is like trust. Like, that is a main, main, like, I have sworn to her. Like, she can trust me. I can go two, three hours. She may not hear from me, but she has my location, yo. She knows exactly where I am right now. I tell people that. They go, are you nuts? <laughs> I don't think it's that crazy. I have nothing to hide. Some people might hear this and think, like, what the fuck are you doing? Your wife has your location. That's an invasion of privacy. I don't see it that way. If you're trying to surprise her with a present, do you give your phone to someone else and have them hold it like across the street? You know what? I have her location as well. And she recently surprised me with the most amazing surprise that I'll tell you guys off the air. But like, it was the greatest surprise of all. And she like turned off the location. But I don't ever look. That's how much I trust <laughs> her. I, really, I, I don't. I think maybe I, I look if like she's out somewhere and it's like after midnight because I want to just make sure she's all right. 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 Like, yeah. So um, I don't know where I'm starting. I'm starting to ramble now. I'm sorry. Well, no, but, I um, think you said something really wonderful and you, you addressed it just to men, but it's it's true for everyone. Everyone. No, I don't mean for yeah. men. I mean for everyone. But this the, is for everyone. The idea of selfish, like we are such a selfish, 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 hmm. selfish, selfish. Yeah. selfish. We are all selfish. Um, <laughs> living in L.A. specifically, this podcast is about L.A. relationships. Yes. I think people are selfish when they come to LA because people come to LA for a reason that is self-fulfilling. Like people are coming here to make their dream come true or, f or make their career happen. And they're looking inward. And I think the reason that relationships here are so hard is because everyone is in the selfish phase of their life while they're yes. living here for the most part. Yes. And what you're saying about like, you got to get that out of your system. Like, I think that's awesome. And people should be more honest about that because I think the failed relationships that we see and we experience are because we're dating people at the wrong time in their lives when they need to be focusing their energy on themselves and they just don't have it to give to another person. But for all my friends who get upset and like blame themselves, like you don't want that. You don't want to be with someone who doesn't have the energy to give to you. Well, you had that really great metaphor that uh, the plane 
the oxygen mask one. Oh, securing your Secure, own ma- oxygen mask you drop for that? saving Did you people. Say that on the We Met at Acme podcast. Did I say that on that? Well, I don't you, remember. This, he, he might have, oh, but we've this talked originated. About this. this was a let's. Yeah, that's yeah. this is our this is our IP. Okay, this is our IP. I mean, I've heard it and I loved it. I just don't know oh, how I. Oh, you heard it on the podcast. Well, I've heard it's only. Let's say it again. Well, look, and again, I'm not. I don't. I'm not saying I coined this whole. You coined it. Theory. No, no, no. I don't think I did. But like, <laughs> it, it, it always was go through my mind on a plane when you see like like securing your own oxygen mask. Like I never understood. Like everyone always want. Like your instinct would be to grab that fucking oxygen mask and try and save people, right? right. I mean, that's what I would do. But if you don't take care of yourself first and put your oxygen mask on, you cannot help anybody else. So. Again, I'm not trying to get too, like, self-motivating preacher here, but, like, it really is a timing thing, what you said. Like, if you're ready for that kind of serious relationship, like, I'm not going to lie. It's serious. Like, you better be ready or else it won't work. And and, and when I say it's, like, serious, I mean, like, it is a commitment. It is work and it is, like, selflessness. And there's a, you're going to have to do some things you don't want to do, quite frankly. But if it, if it makes that other person happy or helps that other person, you got you have to do it with an open heart. So I, I love that. And fuck, I'm rambling a no, lot. No, no, that's great. I, I, on the kind of the flip side of that, people in L.A., you know, we got this question. <clears throat> uh, L.A. is a very flaky city. Relationships are very fickle, right? Is that the right word, fickle? Flaky? Flighty, flighty, fake. Um, they happen quickly. You go on one date, you may never see them again. You know, go the term ghosting, which we've all now heard of. We did a whole episode on that. In that period of time that you were crushing, working, hustling, mm-hmm. you do it. You were on a HBO television show. You're doing studio movies. You know, I hear that, and I hear, well, there's no time for a relation. I don't know how anyone would have a relationship during that intensive of a you know of a sort of career launch. Did you? Did you do you think were relationships as flaky kind of in your heyday there and of of dating and was that a result perhaps because maybe you were so busy that was a real thing? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna hone in on LA for a minute now yeah. because this is the point, right? Um, so imagine a place where not all but most of the people <laughs> were the most handsome <laughs> in their town. Thank you. The most beautiful in their town, the funniest in their town, the best athlete in their town, the <laughs> the fun like just imagine. So in LA, we get those people flocking <laughs> here, right? But what happens is they come here and they're like, "Oh fuck, that dude's way more handsome than me." Shit, or wow, that girl's way. So there's a, t- a look. There's insecurity in all of us and everywhere. I just think that. LA happens to bring all those things out, which we all have, a lot quicker because we were all told things, we all believe that we're kind of the shit for something, right? It's a very confident, awesome thing. But then you come here and you realize, oh my God, everyone thinks the same thing. <laughs> so there's that. And then LA is one, and look, I love LA. I've lived here for, I lived here for 18 years, almost my half my life almost more than New York. So this is very much my home. So I feel like I have a right to say this. And some people might think it's true and some people might say, what the fuck is this guy talking about? When things are going great, LA is the greatest city to live in and maybe the world, but probably the country. It's it's awesome. When you're working and you're in, this is great. When things are rocky and you're going through some tough, dark times, it it, it kind of kicks you when you're down. And a lot of that is in relationships as well. Like if you're, 
you're not feeling great about yourself, whether it's professional or personal, whatever, like it just, cause there's just so many options here and everywhere, but here particularly. So like, okay, great. You can go hang out with someone who's just as pretty or just as handsome or just as funny. It really makes you feel like it, it beats you up a little bit. So it takes a strong person to really kind of tune all that out and just focus on what's in front of them. And it's not easy. It's a, it took me a long time. Just because I think a lot of our listeners are entertainment folk and yeah. you know, we're all trying to do something, be the best version of ourselves creatively in some capacity. What would you say to someone who is feeling down, you know, who's kind of not at their level of what they view as success yet? What would you say? I would say first and foremost, remember it because there is the version where things are going so well and then you almost get a little full of yourself. <laughs> and let me tell you, the tables can turn quickly. So remember that. It'll keep you humble and it will not let you go too far in the other direction. Because I don't think any di any one of those extremes in, in the direction is right. I think you want to be somewhere in the middle at all times. Um, I will say remember it because also when things do go well, you will look at those times in a way and feel bet like good about it. Like the climb is always better to me than when you actually get to the top. You get to the top of a mountain, you wanna look for a bigger mountain to climb. When you get to the top, you look back down and see how fucking far you climbed up, right? Well, I'm really going like full on motivational speaker. You're, I didn't, you're, you're Gary V. You're, yeah, this is great. I didn't we, realize I even had that. Honestly, I don't really talk like this often. So <laughs> people who know me are like, what is this? Dude? He doesn't no, ever we're, really we're, talk we're listening. We're listening. Um, Everyone in their car right now is sitting in their driveway still listening to this podcast. No, because but the climb is always better than when you actually get to the top. You climb Runyon Canyon, there's an LA reference for you, and you kind of, you, you get to the top and you look back down at the view and see mm. everything there. But, um, Whoa. I'm pretty sure Miley Cyrus wrote a song about this. Is that true? There's always gonna be another mount. Oh, her song, The Climb. I'll send it to you. Well, I, maybe I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm plagiarizing no, it's, it's, my. You're not Cyrus. plagiarizing, you're on, I mean, you're saying the same thing, but it's a, it's a really important well, thing. Well, right, I'm gonna give you a flip side, okay? So, when all the entourage stuff started happening, and you could say now I'm climbing the mountain. If not, I got to the my top. My top that was I, I didn't really have high mountains as a goal when I moved out here, so it wasn't gonna take. Like, much. I'll take a hill, her. Yeah, well, I'll take like a fucking curb to just hop up. Um, so you know now I'm single and I'm going out a little bit again. Not big club guy, but now and I'm getting a little bit more notoriety for the show as the show's going on. So you would think like that must lead to a lot of great dating opportunities, right? Not so much, at least for me. Because to me, what was, I start again, being cynical. I know I've been talking a lot of like idealism on this episode, but I'm a lot more cynical, or at least was a lot more cynical. So if I would meet a girl and we would go on a date or whatever, in my mind, I'm like, she doesn't want to know me. She wants to know the guy she thinks I am. And it led to a lot of insecurity and defensiveness in dating Ooh. with me. It really and and it wasn't even just dating. It was even like, why does this guy want to be my friend? And why, like, I just why is everyone so nice to me? It felt all like a lot of bullshit to me. Could you tell? Could you? Was it very easy for you to tell if this person, this girl, or this guy is just they like I'm turtle? Sometimes yes, and then sometimes honestly, it would take a little while to realize. And again, not that like I had like I was like this hot shot like a list. It wasn't even that. But you would almost I would almost see the levels of disappointment. Ooh. When I, a prime example, and this is in the relationship, this is a, a friendship almost like 
I would be out. Somebody would want to buy me a drink or even be like, yo, dude, you want to go smoke a joint? And I'd be like, no, 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 I'm good. I don't smoke. The level of disappointment <laughs> right. that would come across their face. But were you projecting? Like, were they really disappointed? Yes. Like, what? What? You like, don't want to smoke this blunt? Yeah. No, 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 buddy. I'm good. All right, bro. Fine. Whatever. And like get like pissed off and walk away wow. because they thought for sure like, oh, no, this is the dude from Turtle's going to want to smoke a blunt for sure. He's going to love this. They would get like disappointed. Well, okay. Like, weak. Not to bring it to something we talked about before we started recording, but isn't that like the real life equivalent of like people wanting to have a relationship with stars on social media? Sure. Absolutely. Because they want to see you up close. They want to like keep going with what they saw on the screen. And now it's like people would follow you on Instagram and see what your brand is yeah. as Jerry. And they'd be like, oh, cool. He smokes or like, oh, no, he doesn't. Oh, what? But he likes this. I like that. Like, I'm going to follow. But to for like a hundred percent, but to to touch on what you were saying too, like sometimes you're right. It was then projecting because then I would look for it when it wasn't even really there. And it, it, it ultimately is my own issue. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying like I thought I was the shit by any level. This was an issue that I needed to conquer because it wasn't always, some cases it was real, but a lot of time it wasn't. I was just like paranoid almost. So um, I never enjoyed going out to like a sceney place and like, I, I don't know. Some pe like a lot of my friends always look at me like you're wasting this golden opportunity to go out there and have some fun. And I, I stayed home and played Call of Duty a lot of nights. Well, you were very I just, good at Call. You like you. Also, you, I was one of the best players in the country at the time. <laughs> so there was that. Um, but yeah, it just it took me a long time to get. Again, I had to beat my own insecurities of like there's a lot of dudes funnier. Way more good looking, way better shape, way way more status. So I had to conquer my own insecurities. Which maybe from a physical standpoint, I mean, you lost a lot of weight. You went through an intensive workout period, and now you're like the best looking person. On you look like Michael Bublé. Look at the doesn't he look like who with the microphone? <laughs> so right we now? can dance. No, but <laughs> this is crazy. But that's another point, right? Uh, in LA, like so when that started happening, all this like literally having people come up to you going like. Oh my God, you used to be really fat. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're not wrong. Or like now getting attention from women that I never got attention from, but it's almost like, yo, I'm still the same dude. Right. But because now I have like some form of muscles and a jaw, you now like want to talk to me. Or yeah. like nothing else has changed. Well, that, I mean, um, Beanie Feldstein wrote a really amazing article for Refinery29 that I read. I actually wrote her a fan letter because I really related to it. She never responded, but that's okay. Maybe she didn't She'll get, get it. She'll get to it. Yeah. She'll get to it. She'll get it one day. But what I loved about it was that she talked about how, like, she had lost weight um, and not meant to because she was working so hard. And when she came back and people were complimenting her not on the work she had done but on the weight loss, and it just kind of, like, showed her how obsessed people are with your – with your yeah, outside with, instead yeah. of your inside. And I had a very similar experience because I worked on a movie in Vancouver and lost a lot of weight during the process because I was like, my office was a mountain. Just not purposely. We yeah, were just hiking happened. every day and yeah. I wasn't drinking, not drinking alcohol. I lost so much weight without Right there trying. you could lose like a pound a day by yeah. not drinking so alcohol. But when, not I, drink. when I came back, people were complimenting me on the weight loss and not on the fact that I'd worked on my first ever feature film, which was like a dream that I'd had my whole life and it was it was weird and it definitely was a moment where I was like LA is like losing my love here like this is the culture that we live in you know what look I 
it's just also magnified in LA. Every all these things we're talking about, I firmly believe go on everywhere, but mm. out here and in New York too, but out here for and I've lived in New York now long enough. Out here, it's it's just more magnified. So, I don't want to make this into like a let's shit on LA talk. <laughs> to, to, I, I, and by the way, I It's just you, magnified. We will sit down, we will shit on LA for a lot of times, but I do <laughs> I did start to sense that maybe we should dial back our hate on LA. No, no, no. This is not hatred this because not, yeah. in the same breath like there was so many people who like struggled with weight loss because and like were unhealthily overweight that like would come up to me and we I those people you know I talked for an hour I've I've given strangers like a diet that I did that worked for me I love that and so it's not all like that it's, it's just a ton good there's and there was a lot of people who came up to me and realized it was like a health choice it wasn't like sure. I want to look better to like get girls or like get better jobs even it was fully a was health there, choice was there a, what was was there an inciting moment for that weight loss was there a motivating factor perhaps a girl that made that drove you in the early stages to hit that gym look i am not gonna sit here and lie to you and tell you that that does not help on days you don't want to go to the gym okay good. i'm not yeah. gonna say that yeah. that would be a lie okay i we i'm not i'm not like some pure like oh jerry has no superficial part of him no <laughs> there there I'm not saying all the like attention or newfound attention was like I, I hated, you know. It certainly was like just a world I've never lived in. Like having right. someone like touch your arm, be like, "Oh wow, you got a muscle!" Like, yeah, I do. <laughs> it, it helps on days you don't want to go to the yeah. gym for sure. But um, so you know, I know we we could we could go for hours, and probably we'll have to do a part two. I think that's been established. I just don't want it to sound like jaded or hating on LA. Like this is just a magnified thing, and um. I'm also like when you're young, all these things are so much more important to you because sure. it's like it's right in front of you. Like, I don't give a shit. Well, now tell us where you're at now. Tell our viewers what's kind of what's the Jerry day to day look like these days. You're in you're in Brooklyn. I am in Brooklyn. Uh, been working on power for a little while. And, um, you know, honestly, power. one of the good parts of being an actor is like someday, you know, you get extensive amounts of time off and uh I get to spend a lot of time. I always try, like, Brie, my wife, I'll stop calling her my wife, Brie. Uh, Hi, Brie. Sorry I made she, Jerry do this. She, <laughs> she, we did, like, the love languages and all that stuff, and some of hers are, like, quality time and and physical touch and all that good stuff, right? Mine are the complete opposite, so maybe that's why we work. But, you know, we'll hang out a lot, but sometimes we won't do anything necessarily special for a couple of days. It's just, like... And then she'll say she needs quality time. And I'm like, I, I don't know of a couple that spends more time than we do. <laughs> like, we're blessed. Like, I, like I've literally had four days. I had Monday through Thursday off. Many Americans don't get to experience that. No one yeah. does that. And she's like, no, but we didn't do anything. So I still, like, have okay. these battles where it's I'm learning still. It's, it's an ongoing learning curve for me, making sure that this relationship is nurtured because, uh, yeah. Well, if you want to help pitch any 20 of 20 dates under $20, maybe that's a fun way for you but guys. But you know to what? She's that. really good at that. I'm an idiot. She's really good at that stuff. Sounds yes. like we need to invite Bree on the next yeah. on part two and do a little, uh, little hang out here. Let me tell you, she is by far the better half. Like, she's more fun, 100% more. Like, you would have a better time out with her than with me. <laughs> um, she... She thinks of things way more like practically. I'm I'm a little more like cynical. She uh, she's she's just a better hang. 
she's a better hang. Yeah, if it weren't for her, you and I would have never met. So I'm, I'm very that is true. For her. Yeah, and she's that, that is true. Yeah. Uh, can, do we do we need to tell the audience how we met? What was your meet cute? What was our meet cute? Well, my wife read Jonah's script and put herself on tape for it. Wanted to, like just audition, put herself on tape, and uh, she came home one day and she was like. There's a really good, because she knows I love like romantic comedy, stuff like that. She's like, there's a really good script that this young guy wrote you should read. You're way too old to be in it. So just don't, not even for you to act, because you're way too old. But you should just read it. It's good. And I read it. And for sure, I was like, man, I was a little younger. I would really like beg this guy to give me a shot. And then randomly enough, we figured out we had some people in common. And we had a lunch. And besties ever since. Wow. Jonah, yeah, you didn't rewrite the script for a different age. <laughs> well, it would have really him, hurt I, what you were trying to do, though. If he's like, uh, he's now thirty-seven, <laughs> he still doesn't know what he wants. You know, it's like I, I told you also. I was like, I have negative five thousand dollars that I can spend on this movie. I don't want you to go through this hell of like ten days in New York, freezing your ass off. But yes, yeah, she is the thing that brought us together, yeah. and why I'm sitting here. Um. This has been really special. Are we out of time? Yeah, I think we got to send you off to your dinner. Well, you what got time the, is it? 7.43. Yeah, we're getting there. Um, I hope this was good. Did this I? Was, I uh, thank you so much. This was really helpful and productive. So to get back to the insecurity thing, yeah. I'm going to walk away being like, wow, I really was like the old guy sitting there like, in my day. I, I just feel like I talked way too much. No. This is, this is we. that's why we have you. We wanted to hear yeah, from you. All we do is talk. Yeah, yeah. We Jonah and I talk to each other all the time. But I feel like you guys like get real specific with your stories, and it's way more entertaining <laughs> than like what That's I just nice like say. by my but, philosophies of like. I mean, I I think that I had big takeaways from everything you said. I think our listeners will too. Qu questions for you guys: Like, do you feel how accurate are people on the apps? Like, when if you go on a date with someone from an app, yeah, okay. Is there, how they're showing themselves on the app? Sure. Is that you, like, what do you say the, on the percentile level? What's the percent of I'll hit this first and then you'll go, Janie. Yeah. That um, you feel like people are letting you see when you then meet them, talk to them, have a two-hour date and go home. The most consistent, and this isn't everybody, right? This isn't everyone. The most consistent thing I see is that people on the apps are very, actually outgoing in text conversation. Mm -hmm. Very okay. outgoing. Very outgoing in their responses to those fun little questions. Where can you find me at the party with the dog kind of right, thing? Right, 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 right. Um, their Instagram, you know, presence also sort of large. Um, but then when I meet them, for the most part, everyone's much more shy. Much, much, much the more shy. The guard's up a little the bit. The guard is so up. And I'm like, you just told me over text that, like, you, like, you know, just cried during Bambi's <laughs> death scene. Like, you know, you just opened up to me. And I'm, a, I'm someone who loves to kind of get people. I My flaw is I need to be liked by people. Like I need to be, when I like, when someone doesn't like me, my goal is how can I make little jokes and kind of jab at them? And that's why Jonah goes after girls that don't like him. That, that is correct. And so, so when I meet somebody and their guard is up, I, it's fun, by the way, it's fun for me. I get to be like, okay, now I get to figure out who this person is and like how to get them to smile and laugh and have a good time. But it's consistent that like, it's weird, these apps, they're very open, people are very open, and then when you meet, there's like this guard up, and it's like, you're a totally different person. Not physically so much. Physically, it's actually been pretty on point, because I also, like, I hate, by the way, girls listening, guys know when you use the Facetune app, all right? Everybody, we know when Facetune is being used, when there's been Photoshopping, and in my opinion, 
It is. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it's an app that people to use. To make yourself look amazing. To make, to make right? your teeth look better, to make your eyes look bigger, to brush away the acne. I like a little bit of acne. I think it's like, it's like very, person. I like real people. Like we all can tell and we all talk about how that's like a bad look. It like no guy ever looks at a face tuned photo and says, she's really beautiful. It just doesn't Is it that obvious? It the is. Face, yeah. I don't know. But it's so, it's so not obvious. Well, I think it's like, like if you know what fake boobs look like, then you can't unsee them. Right. So if you knew what. You know what that, you know exactly yeah. what you're looking you at when know. you see it. No one looks like an anime character. Except for anime characters. But yeah. And I mean, so I haven't used apps since I was like 23. But um, our our mom has a lot of friends who are like 36-year-old women. That's like, she she's very... Well, I'm sorry. I've seen you bumbling, Janie, since post-23-year-old Janie. When I was like 24. That's, I mean, anyway. God, you guys are so young. Yeah. In a good way. And I mean, oh, yeah. that, and I mean that in a good way. Like that's right. So it's exciting. So basically, um, her friends like often tell me that the men that they are trying to meet on dating apps are lying about everything. But then my friends, <sighs> my age, like 25, 26, 27, they're, they're not saying that, but there's like something that's happening in like the one step older age group where there's a lot more. A lot of bullshit. Yeah. See, yeah, I'm over here saying like, oh, I would have enjoyed this product. Like, now that I really think about it, I mean, I'm sure that there's just a lot of lies or omissions. You know, like, like no one's really being forthright. This is the perfect segue forthright to sort of forthright. Forth, forth, forthcoming. Yeah. Fortnite. That's right. Another great video Fortnite. game. Yeah, Jared, this isn't, life isn't a video game. I got to go home Fortnite. and play games. <laughs> this is kind of the question I wanted to end on, actually. Would you, each of us are going to have our own answer, right? Closing so gonna, shots. We're okay. going to go around in a circle. Okay. Would you, because this is going to prove the point, the thesis that I secretly have. Would you rather have come up single and dating in the early Jerry era of <laughs> 2000 and, can we say, four to. I want pre-apps. Okay, pre-apps. Is that 12? 12 is sort of, pre I mean, there was websites. Sure, we'll take, yeah, we'll take the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. God. Yeah, oh, I gotta Uber, get this guy home. 2012 was probably Uber. It was just kicking off. We, I was a sophomore in college when we started Ubering. When I was a freshman and a... Sorry, when I was a freshman and a sophomore, we were taking taxis to go clubbing in Hollywood from USC. It was just getting going, 2012. Is where, so, yeah, I so was... Yeah, 2000, yeah. 2004, 2012. I made it to, like, 2013, 14. Sure. But, yeah, like, I, I, I was tapping out once, like, Uber and, the first, like, like, Tinder jumped off. I was, like, I was already long gone. For the purposes of this example, would you rather have been dating and single in an era where there was no Instagram, no Venmo, no Facebook, no Tinder, no iMessages, no red receipts, or with all that stuff? And I will start with, we'll do, we'll do, we'll end with Jerry. We'll do Janie first. Or Jonah first. You go first. Okay, I have the mic. Um... I'm going to go with... Fuck he wasn't <laughs> ready. Uh, no, I think this is going to sound crazy. I am very envious of the sort of early dating game game. So I do kind of wish... I hate how much emotional time I spend thinking about all this stuff. Granted, I do work in a space where it helps to be in the know about it, but I do wish we lived in a simpler time dating-wise. So quick answer. Quick answer? Option A, 2004 where Yeah was the most popular song on the radio. Shrek 2 had just come out, and uh, there was no Tinder. I'll go to Janie. 
Uh, as complicated and horrible as it can be, I think I'd pick the digital age. I think that for someone like me, I probably would have settled for less than what I deserved in a partner at if I didn't know or have access to all this information. If I feel like these tools help us once we are confident in ourselves, once we know our worth, like once we've gone through our selfish stage and we have all the bad stuff worked out, I think then it can actually really be a tool to use to find the right person to give your energy to and um, to be your partner. Jay? That's a great answer. Eloquent uh, Jane, almost gotta, like you um, wrote it down. Man, I got to follow that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, again, just everyone, he looks oh, like Michael Buble. Time machine. <laughs> I'm really going to say the digital age, and I know that might not be the answer people would expect because that's not really the But I did have a tail end, like I said, where... And it is where I met my wife. So, like, it really, that's kind of was our era in a way. Like, Brie and I's, we're, we're, our relationship started with all this stuff happening. So, you know, I remember arguing with my friends when Brie and I were in the gamesmanship portion of like, she liked this photo. Is that communication? I didn't even know if that counted as communication. I lost a steak dinner bet because Brie had like frozen me out for a minute. And my friends were all like, don't writer she's gonna text you or communicate with you she'll reach out and i didn't believe it and she like liked something or something like that and i'm like eh. they're like you lost i'm like i lost she didn't text she didn't call that's communication and they're like no liking a photo is communication <laughs> and i didn't believe it so but i did buy them dinner uh well, so now I'm you guys pick, are happily married so it was community i'm gonna was. pick now because it, it's 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 by far been the best relationship i've ever been a part of and you know, so it's it's now. But I'll tell you, you haven't lived, you young kids, until you had to call a girl's house when you were, like, 13. Her house, where her mom or dad would answer. I'd be like, uh, hi, Mr. Is, is Ann home? <laughs> Terrified. I was great with the moms, though, on the phone. Be like, hi, what'd you guys make for dinner? You with the dad, there, yeah. I would just hang up. <laughs> Not talking to that. One dad picked up and was like, what do you want with my daughter? It's like, no I'm way. 13. Her, I want to go see Lion work. King yeah. and her math <laughs> homework for tomorrow. Yeah, so I picked the digital age. And, and just to wrap up on that real quick, how Bree and you guys met, uh, what was the tool, what was the digital tool of choice, you know, when you guys, <sighs> primary communication? Um, it was early Snapchat, but it was so early, like there was no video yet mm. no filters this is like pre-filter pre this was literally just you could send a photo or a text that would disappear in by the day's end that's all it did wow. so we would do that a little bit um i didn't i don't even think i was on instagram yet and a little twitter a little twitter a little twitter a little a little of the twitter very cool speaking of they can everyone can find jerry on twitter <laughs> i say this like we have listeners <laughs> like, like, like you're gonna get a massive fan base watch now the wave you're about to have uh, four of our listeners can find you on twitter um but you you uh power amazing show i always like to do with the late nice host do power he's on power here's a clip um and you're doing so much cool stuff i wish we could just plug everything nah that's all right i'm slowing it down so i want to i want to i'm tired <laughs> tired <laughs> This was really awesome. This is really special. You guys got something good going on. Thank Just you. letting you know, you have something good. Keep keep developing. Keep pushing the envelope. You guys are Thank you guys you are so doing much. good work here. Thank you, man. What's the parting shot? Do you have like an out? What's the out? Well, usually we just we wrap it up and then we go. Okay, that's all for tonight. Just gonna say bye. 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 And then I say I hope that was recording, which I do hope that was recording. <laughs> and we're good. <laughs>